All right, how are you guys doing? Wow, look at that. Oh my God, my voice is going crazy right now. Did you hear that? <laughs> I've been uh, I've been hosting these whatnot streams every single night of this week. It is, my, my voice is almost gone. I'm actually doing one as this episode is going live. I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> well, how are you guys doing? There's a lot going on today. This episode is sponsored by Nugenics. I tried to actually speak and nothing was trying to come out. But yeah, I'm live probably on Whatnot if you guys want to go check it out. If you guys don't know what it is, it's like a live auction site. It's it's so much fun. I start all these auctions at a dollar and we just have a couple beers and we hang out and we just run card auctions, really. To be honest, we've been running a lot of sports card auctions and random stuff like that. It's been so much fun. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, you guys can just type in Whatnot in your app store and you can go download it and just type in Robert Turkla. I'll put a link to it in the bottom of the description. You guys can check it out. We're probably live over there right now. But it is safe to say that Russia is not too happy right now. Like at all. This morning, they fired 55 missiles into Ukraine, or they attempted to. Well, I didn't say they attempted. They did. But 47 of those 55 were actually intercepted. Okay. It seemed that the Western Air Supply Defenses are actually doing a little bit of working in that area. So we had eight that got sifted through, which is, that's pretty good. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy when you think how, how quickly things have changed. The mines, the, where they're, they're now sending these, these main battle tanks over to Ukraine. It seemed like just a couple of days ago, everyone was really hesitant to send anything over, especially Germany. Germany, in their, in their initial decision to allow these Leopards to go over, like here's a list, and I, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one because it, it's kind of long. 14 Challenger 2s from Britain, 14 Leopard 2s from Germany, another 14 from Poland, 4 from Portugal. You have 53 coming from Spain, 8 from Norway, 14 from Sweden, 14 from the Netherlands, 10 from Finland, and 6 from Denmark. That's a lot of countries hopping on board, okay? And last but not least, of course, the Biden administration has decided to move forward with sending 31 M1 Abrams, M1 Abrams over to Ukraine. So look how many countries are now wanting to help fight against Russia inside of Ukraine. It's kind of nuts, or help the Ukrainians fight against the Russians. Now, of course, these shipments are going to take multiple weeks to deliver, but most of the nations are working to have them on the ground by the end of March, earlier April. You know why that's happening? Do you guys really know why that's happening? The spring offensive, and it seems like the Russians are a little bit furious over this massive transfer of arms, while the West is, is, is kind of giving the leopards, and, and Russia is like preparing for this, this big response, the British intelligence are stating that they're going to be sending T-14 Amadas, you know, the, those tanks to the front line. This is like the larger, they're more modern version of these T-90s that we've seen inside of Ukraine. But the problem is these tanks, in fact, have little to no battlefield experience when, when I mean, let's, let's be honest, when they are first unveiled during the Victory Day Parade in 2015, they had a bit of issues with that. So as you guys just saw, the thing could not completely move at all. Not because it couldn't turn on. That wasn't the case. It was on. It was running. It was just fine. But it chewed through its gearbox, like its main gearbox, where it could not go forward and or backwards. It had to literally be lifted out there by a crane. Like, this seems like a pretty solid competitor to the Abrams or even the Leopards. Okay? I'm going to throw that one out there. Now, the Russians are chirping the world right now that these depleted uranium uh, penetrating rounds that they're going to be able to fire, that they're making this, like, controversial topic... To, to get, like, a, I guess another talking point, possibly to use nukes and, of course, escalate the war. Now, Russian's arms control negotiator, which is, 
Kind of a strange title to have, but this individual is now warning that NATO's distribution of these uh, uranium shells to Ukraine is equivalent to providing dirty nuclear bombs. Of course. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? And they're going to be dealt with accordingly. That's what he stated. Now, I don't know. They're, they're saying that it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's now a nuclear threat. And I don't know. They keep talking about... They're warning that these leopard shells have radiation that causes cancer and everything else. Now, this is, we don't know to be 100% true. This is just a talking point for them to get to the end goal they really, really care about, which we know one of our main guys on Russian State TV cares about the most, nukes. That's all he ever cares about. Like, when does Russia ever care, care about Ukrainian civilians? Let's look at Solodar, for example. Do you really think that some depleted uranium tank shells could make this situation any worse? So as we stated before on the show, the supply of Western tanks and fighting vehicles would be a massive thing for the offensive movement to take back the southern portion of Ukraine. And I, I do believe that's going to be one of the things we are going to see happen. I really do. I know I've said this over and over again. We'll probably talk about it here later on in this episode. But I know for a fact, like I know for a fact, this is something that needs to happen in order for the Russians to shift some of their men and spread them spread them out a little bit thinner on the line. We've talked about this multiple times over the months. I know it's why you guys keep coming back. I know you guys, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking some truths here, but I'm just being honest. They need to do something in the South, and getting these tanks is going to help them significantly make this happen. Now, guys, you guys feel like it's harder to get in shape and stay in shape? Now, our sponsor, Nugenix, has this total tea. It's offering a complimentary bottle when you guys text 231-231 and enter the keyword truth. That's all you got to do is text 231, you know, like get on your phone right now and text 231-231 and enter the keyword truth. Now, as we all know, getting older with his dad bod sucks. They're going to help you with this problem. Uh, I, you know, like you may not feel like your old self. Like, you guys don't have time to work out. I definitely don't. I have a lot of energy, but my time to work out is very, very minimal, which kind of sucks. I'd have to get up at like 2 in the morning to do it. I just suffered eugenics, and it's helped me feel a lot more revived. Don't worry, it's not your fault. As men, our bodies naturally change. Yes, I'm a man, and you're probably a man if you have something dangling between your legs, and you guys will lose the free testosterone, like the man hormone. You know what I mean? It happens to every single man. It's, it's something that we can't stop, and it makes it more difficult to stay in shape, energetic, and be active, Okay. Now, if you guys are wanting more energy to counter this negative physical effects, Nugenix Total T Testosterone Booster, okay, that will help you guys turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you guys better results at the gym, and help and make you look feel like you guys want to, make you feel good about yourself, okay? Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen, okay? It has been validated by five clinical studies and shown to boost a testosterone levels inside of men because Nugenix Total T boosts the essential free and total testosterone levels that is aging process robs you of okay you'll feel stronger leaner and more energized and driven okay with more passion yeah more passion your partner will notice the difference now this formulation is actually backed by 10 years of science and research nugenics total t can help you guys re-energize your life and help you guys get back the powerful confident good-looking warrior you guys used to be hey now you guys can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you guys text 231-231 and enter the keyword TRUTH, all caps. Go text right now. Stop what you're doing and do it. I'm going to do it for you guys right now. Watch. I'm going to do it. 231-231-TRUTH. That easy. Literally, that's it. That's all you got to do. Text now and just text me back that quick. 
Text down. You guys will actually get a, a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you guys get back into shape fast, absolutely free. So text 231-231 and enter the keyword TRUTH. That is 231-231 and enter the keyword TRUTH. Now to bounce back just a little bit, we got uh, there's there was a message that was delivered by the, the top three Biden officials who traveled to Cuba this past week. Okay, it, it, they're now stating that the United States and Western officials want Ukraine to prioritize a potential southward offensive. Okay, we've been talking about this for months, rather than the brutal months-long conflict that's happening inside of Bakhmut. This would involve a different strategy that would make. Use of uh, recent Western allies' commitment of billions of dollars worth of new military equipment. It would actually focus on a style of, of more mechanized maneuver warfare that uses rapid, unanticipated movements to gain back ground from Russia. What have I been saying? I feel like I've been saying this for months. Charles, have I been saying this for months? Please. How do they need to take it back? Mechanize. Roll through. That's what they need to do. What are they doing? I've been saying this. I feel good about it, too, because now the government is about three months behind. Okay, I don't, I don't know the entire total gra grasp of what's going on, of course, in certain side of areas, but I know for the overall picture, this is going to happen. I think I've said it with multiple guys. I think Anton said it. I think me and Willie talked about it. I have said it before. Like, this, this should happen. Okay, but it's fine. It's okay. It's happening now. It's going to happen. And I think they're going to roll through it. I think, I think they're going to roll through the Russians down in the southern portion of the country very well if they have the big hardware inside that region. I really do. Like, the, the West is really wanting them to shift more of the focus in the area because, oh, I've, oh, here we go. My favorite. You guys ready? Hello. Hi, Robert. My name is Whitney with Seniors Benefits. I am 33 years old. Please stop okay, calling me. I now, the West is wanting them to really shift the focus into this area, okay? The daily grind they're dealing with inside of Bakhmut is, is really, they're exchanging like 100 to 150 to 250 to 350 meters a day. Like, that's what they're doing right now. That's it. That's it. That's not a joke. It's really that much back and forth. Like, America is expecting like a brutal spring offensive, which is why this new shipment of tanks is supposed to be only arriving in time for the Ukrainians to take back like a, a tactical opening is what they're calling it, which I believe, my God, what is going on in this world? Everything just wants to go off right now. I am so sorry, guys. But they're trying to, to get the Ukrainians to cut these ties in the east and shift more of the resources to the south. I think that's what the, the whole thing is. Now, Bakhmut, I've said it multiple times, Bakhmut is not 100% strategically important for the rest of the country. It's not. I've said this over and over again. I don't think it has little impact. I think it has very little impact to controlling all of, all of Ukraine. It really does. Now, I, I've said the Ukrainians need to hold it off as possibly as long as they could, which they have done. They've inflicted a serious amount of damage on the Russians. As a whole, not even, we're not even talking about just Russians, but we're talking about Wagner mercenaries. We're talking about conscripts. We're talking like everything you possibly can think of inside this area. They've inflicted a significant amount of damage. Yes, the Russians have done the same to them, but I don't think it's on the same level. Like the amount of equipment we've seen destroyed inside this area is pretty high. I don't, I'm not saying just give up on Bachmann clearly. That'd be stupid. Don't do that. That's not the point I'm trying to uh, make here. But I'm saying the southern portion of the country might be one of the best places we've really seen some movement on the Ukrainian side of things, like, like we did when we saw them moving towards Sivitov or going through Kupiansk or going through um, Lyman. All through there. You guys remember that months ago? I think we see that, them come, coming out of the Zapsa region and just push down south. I don't, that entire front that goes all the way across east to west has not shifted and or changed in seven months. So what I'm telling you guys, I think we'll actually see some really dramatic movements in this area. Now, something happened this week, okay? They may actually point to Ukraine preparing for this type of operation. Inside of Nova Kokosha, there was an operation that had take, taken taken a place. It's in the area that's just left, left the left bank of the Dnipro River, okay? 
Ukrainian special forces carried out a, a maritime operation to locate the personnel, equipment, and a command post. Now, despite taking casualties, they did, okay, they successfully completed the mission and returned to having destroyed uh, a command post for the Russians, and actually 12 Russians were KIA. Now, we will see more and more of these type of probing attacks as the winter goes along because, for one, they need to gather a bit of intel on how the enemy is going to react to contact in these areas once they actually want to kick off a, a full-scale operation. And two, they want to have some fun. I, I can I can be honest with you guys and say this: a man in this position that's stuck in a war zone wants to have fun at times. Like that's what you want to do. You want to go out there and kick the teeth in of the enemy. They want to do it. The Russians are on their land. What do they want to do? They want to they want to literally kick their teeth in. Not even kidding. That's well, that might be happening. I have no idea, but that's what they want to do. Now keep in mind, this is also from a Russian source. What I'm about to tell you guys. So take it with a grain of salt. It, it, it's interesting nonetheless. I want to read it verbatim. It is reported that the Russian troops today managed to stop the landing attempt inside of this area with artillery fire. I have seen the videos, and they did actually hit them with artillery coming in, so that is true. Now, allegedly, there was three boats and a number of servicemen and military equipment that were destroyed. What the guy can note, this was a reconnaissance. So what, what do I talk about all the time? Probing attacks. What is this guy talking about? There was a large landing aimed at capturing a bridgehead on the eastern bank of the river will be carried out by the forces, several battalions of at least... And he's talking about supported by large artillery forces and goes on in that kind of sense. But he goes on to say, but the attempt in itself is very characteristic and shows the enemy has intentions to create such a bridgehead. It is necessary to expect some serious actions of the armed forces of Ukraine in the Kyrgyzstan direction in the near future. So that was red verbatim, okay, for the most part. Now, what I'll tell you about, he is very worried about what is going down inside of area inside of Kyrgyzstan. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm being very honest with you guys when I say this. They should be a little bit worried. Probing attacks, figuring out what they're doing. They just want to figure out how they're going to react, where they think they can get in, where they can dump some men off and actually get away with it. That's what the Ukrainians are doing. They're doing a good job. They've been doing a good job the entire time. Now, one of our favorite TV hosts is always talking about stuff that's really crazy. So I'm excited to go in with this one for you guys. The West is for sure going to be helping Ukraine here. So let's go ahead and, and play some and then, uh, yeah, we'll do what we normally do. We as a part of the society, we can't understand that the war is actually going on. Now, the West, like I said, for sure is helping the Ukrainians prep and stay for the spring offensive. That thing, we all know it's playing out right in front of us. They should be worried because, honestly, as of right now, I personally believe we will see the Ukrainians push through certain areas very, very, very fast in the southern portion of the country with the help of these new tanks coming in. Илья, когда слышу, что ядерная держава не может потерпеть поражение, а можно подкровенничать? Скажи, пожалуйста, а во Вьетнаме Соединенные Штаты, когда воевали, мы, мы там тоже участвовали, правильно? Okay, quick pause, just for one minute. Trying to compare the war inside of Afghanistan to what we are seeing inside of the Ukraine right now is apples to oranges, or apples and oranges, okay? We were fighting against an enemy that didn't wear uniforms while hiding among the civilian population. We had to deal with political agendas at all times, like every single day like every day of our life when we're trying to fight a war. And also we had to worry about not causing as much massive damage to the civilian structure while at the same time trying to help build back a country politically for some odd reason and economically. Those are two totally ends of different ends of the spectrum right here. That's absolutely the complete opposite of what the Russians are doing inside of Ukraine. That's not even one to try to, to compare it to. Okay, let's right? Am I, am I spitting some truth there at least? No, я нахрена нужно, я тебе как-то сказал на передаче, если бы у нас ядерного оружия не было, то давно эти 10 тысяч апрофсов. Now, once again, the problem we see over and over and over again with the Russians is the mindset. The fact they cannot get out of their own way regards to their ego. 
He legitimately said that we have three and a half times the amount of equipment the Russian does. Okay. Like he says, somehow like trying to still claim they are the superpower because they have some nukes. That makes no sense. We have three and a half times the amount of power they do. Just just in conventional equipment. Ну, а можно для нач... начала наносить удары вот по тем, как я сказал, уничтожить обычным оружием все то, что... So the last thing I really got from this great conversation with the fact that we got to listen to is they just want to destroy this stuff as it's entering the country, which, if they had the capabilities of doing so, why didn't they think, uh, why didn't they think to do this when we were bringing in HIMARS or something as simple as a Humvee? A Humvee drives like 35 miles an hour max. If they're being driven in, if they're being brought in on a semi-truck, they're going like, what, 45, 50? Come on now. If you had the ability to hit this, you would have done it already. In the end, the logistics is going to play a big role if we ever see uh, any type of, of massive offensive operation in the South take place. And it'll be inter interesting to see if this actually pans out in the spring months. I have no idea what kind of training cycle the Ukrainians have been on, by the way, or how long they've been on with these tanks, because months of training is needed to get them up to par to utilize and, and get these things running and keep them going. Okay. Oh my God, I forgot to do something. I want to share something with the very beginning, guys. And I just now, I looked inside my, my, my pretty little, little, little airplane right here and it just remembered something. There was a piece I want to share with you guys at the very beginning and I forgot to insert it. That's going to make some of you guys chuckle a little bit. If so is anyone else confused why they would want, him, uh, want to bring back and transport a large amount of tanks from World War II to conduct research on them? Like, what does that even mean? Like, why would you want to bring something back from World War II and then make it known the, the barrels still are able to fire? Like, what are we even talking about here? What? Now, we haven't seen any changes in the northern portion of the country. And when I mean, like, no changes, nothing on the ground at the speaker, but we're going to be shifting down the back mount where we know it's been a little bit brutal, and it has been brutal over the last couple, um, like three months. And I don't think I need to say that any further. Now we got confirmation down here in Klishchevika, right here. This area has been taken. Okay, the Russians do control it. Now the the thing is, the Ukrainians did retreat northwest of here, so they did pull back. And they got some positions they are hanging out, and this is like the no man's land. Is what I'm going to call it. They're, they got some high ground in here. There's also some high ground on the back side of this road as well. So it's not going to be super easy for the Russians to push through, but they are making some gains right through here. They had the Russians have been attempting to push north, and they are gaining some traction, to be honest with you guys, inside of this area. Some steady progress is getting closer and closer and closer to this main route, and they've been attempting to circle Bakhmut. So this main route is the one they're going after. This one right here. I know it's all in red. Let's go ahead and just clean this up. Let's go ahead and clean this thing up. I don't like this. So this is the main route I'm talking about. That's the one the Russians are trying to control. They're trying to push their men north. And the Ukrainians do have some heavily fortified defensive positions up on these areas, especially one through here. This one right here, this is like no man's land. They don't really need to take that ground, just so everybody's aware. The Russians do not need to take this big square ground. They don't need to take it. They don't need to waste any men to go there. What they need to do is continue to along this main path right here. That's what they need to do. That's what they're going to do. If they're, well, I'm not going to say they're smart, but you know what I mean. That's the path they're going to take. They don't need to take this entire ground. What they need to do is gain access to this, which will give them access to all these roads, which would allow them to effectively almost cut off them in a half, half circle, I guess you would say. This is still the main intersection. No movement on this end over here. I'm going to tell you guys right now, on this northeastern part of Bakhmut, we are seeing a little bit of action when it comes to the, the Wagner group taking a little bit of, like, I'm talking about like a few rows of houses within the city itself, but honestly, nothing's been able to, to move, like gain-wise. That's pretty much it. The Ukrainians have held off this area of Bakhmut really, really well 
over the last couple of weeks. I don't know. I'm going to tell you guys right now. My, I don't know how long they'll be able to hold out or what the game plan is. It doesn't really matter as long as they're all on the same page. Does Bachmann really need to be held? How many men need to lose their life? Is it a whole thing to inflict as much damage as they possibly can on the Russians, like I've said, over months and months and months? Or if they lose all this area over here, are they going to start pulling back? That's my question. I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows. Because as of right now, the thing is, here, here, okay, let's, let's go ahead and play a scenario on our head. Okay. If the Russians take Bakhmut, okay, they've got a lot of their men inside of this area, correct? A lot. A lot of men in this area. If the Ukrainians are able to get the amount of tanks they needed in the southern portion of the country there in time, like in time, and they're not, they have not taken Bakhmut yet, are they going to force the Russians then to shift a lot of their resources and men and power inside of this, this area they've been really consolidated in and shift them down south? a lot of their focus so they don't lose a lot of ground. That is something to also think about. If they can hold off Bachmann over the next couple months, which would be absolutely insane because they've already held it off for like three. They hold the thing off for like five months in total and the Russians don't take it and the Ukrainians come in and push all the way through the south with all the tanks and everything else. I know it's not enough tanks to take the entire southern portion of the country, but it is enough to make, to inflict some damage, especially if they're concentrated. I know. Random thoughts with Rob here. Thanks for hanging out with me, guys. I do love you. Make sure you check out the sponsor. We link to the very top description. Other than that, I am out. I do love you guys. See you guys.